We're making more R and R content. Curb checkers out on Instagram. Where are the other places? Uh, I'm a I'm a boomer. I don't know. I don't know the social medias. So you've had to teach me how TikTok works. Tiki Talk. We're on the we're on the Tiki Talk TikTok. Um, I, however, did start up a Threads account because yes. I'm, I'm still hip. I'm a boomer, but I'm hip. <laughs> and Threads works like Twitter, so I know how it works. Because millennial. Hi. But yes, we're on there. Check it out. Uh, feel free to comment and get in touch and uh, give us any ideas what we can do for episodes. And just, you know, chill out, hang out, find more of us. Cause, and you tell know. Pine how cool she is. Because <laughs> I tell her all the time and she doesn't listen. <laughs> I'm just a realist. A real pain in the ass. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. Let's start the episode. Hi. Bye. Wait, no, stop saying bye. <laughs> come, 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 enjoy the episode with us. Da, 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 da. Oh, yes, that's, that's, that's how you start a podcast. Come. Are you, are you, I've got Billie Eilish's bad guy in my head. Okay, that's very random. Are you feeling evil? Uh, okay. I just want to do a little dance there. That's my brain right now. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Yeah, anyway. Long pause for awkwardness. <laughs> okay, we really need to get started now. <laughs> what? I thought we were started. This is this is me started. Okay, so we're, are we in are we in DM discussions now? Are we no, we're in- not in DM discussions yet. Don't be silly. We haven't made the noise. Oh, sorry. But, well, that's what I meant. We've got to get started on the actual content, not the bullshit. Oh well, I I, I need to give the viewers a pre warning. I've had a very busy day, so this episode is going to be entirely ad libbed. From me, I'm in a weird mood. Hi. <laughs> okay, we can make the noise now. Hang on, I'll pr- just just another heads up. I will probably get slightly more um, crazy as the episode goes on because I am drinking. So, wow, we alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> um, Let's go. Also, we also can't go into deep discussions. We don't know what vehicle we're on. Ah, damn it! <laughs> we're doing for well. Five stars. Five stars. All aboard the TikTok train. <laughs> Woo, we're Zoomers now. <laughs> okay, now we're in DM discussions. Tell everyone what we're talking about. This week we're talking about everything NPC. And if you'd uh, followed us on threads and Instagram, you would have seen a little teaser for that. Did you guess it? Did you guess it? Did you see it? No, because you're not follow, Jack. Go follow. (laughs) (laughs) And you can guess the next one. Yeah. And you get a prize of us liking the comment and going, yeah, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yes, NPCs. NPCs. The DM's characters. Oh, crucial works. to the story. Yes. Very. And, so um, crucial we know everything we want to talk about. <laughs> I think, first of all, got to talk about what role they play in the games which you know is basically everything other than main character <laughs> pretty much yeah. um, um i mean you've got your classic stuff really i mean I, I always take inspiration for video games with this i'm sure you do as well yep you got you got your classic guide character who sort of shows up every now and then and be like yeah yes you should do this you should do that You've got the more focused sort of quest giver who'll be like, well, I got a problem over here. Can you help out? Uh, you've got, obviously, your antagonists and BBGs and minions and all that sort of stuff who are there to form the conflict in the first place. And um, I've run out of things to say. <laughs> Told you it was going to be a weird one for me. Did I cover everything? Should we actually go into detail now? Let's yeah, go into detail. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, companions. I forgot about party allies and companions. Those are fun. I like those. <laughs> oh, the joys. <laughs> the end of this episode, Pines could be like, what the fuck was that sounds? <laughs> <laughs> Carry I, on. I feel like because you were busy doing stuff on a time schedule before we started this episode, I feel like you're very rushy at the moment. I need to just, just take a breath, calm down. We're just doing a chill episode. It's fun. Inner peace. Inner peace. Yes. Okay, cool. I mean, it doesn't help that we tried to record this yesterday and the day before, and things just got in the way. <laughs> Not only has it been rushed today, it's been rushed to today, and I'm just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's been rushed to today. We're starting not long before we're supposed to be playing d d <laughs> Yep. And I'm running it, so I've had to prep that as well at lunchtime and my lunch break. Didn't get a lunch break today. Fun times. I ate lunch, but I didn't actually get a break. Uh, yeah, so do, do bear with us if this is a bit of a crazy one. Mainly me. Pine's fine. It's just me. I've been busy today too. Tell Pine how cool she is. <laughs> yeah, but you're not in a weird mood. You're normal. To, well, normal for you. You're normal today. <laughs> Normal for me. Wow. <laughs> Mind you, I don't want to be normal. Normal's boring. This is like as if I've taken a fistful of Adderall or something. Is that how that works? I don't know how drugs work. Anyway, NPCs. Don't you just love them? But also hate them and want to murder them and be friends with them and play games with them. Let's go. Yeah. And most people call them NPCs. Some people call them, um, oh, what's it called? Cannon fodder for murder hobos. Who the hell are you hanging out with? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any murder hobos. <laughs> you have had the joys of uh, not experiencing playing with those, but uh, they do exist. Cool. That's all I have to say. Cool. They exist. <laughs> Um, first of all, see, this first one we've got, guides. I don't feel like either of us particularly have a guide character in place yet. Well, I'm trying not to do it in your face. <laughs> but there are, they're there. They're there. They're there, and you've interacted with them a lot. Do you want me to tell you, or do you want to keep yourself in suspense? Um, you block your ears and I'll tell the listeners. Hang on, I'll take my headphones off. Ready? Okay. Uh, they're off. It's the gods. The gods are like, hey, have some dreams. Okay, how do I tell her to put her headphones back on? 
Bye. Come back. I'm here. Okay, cool. I literally was like, how do I how do I how do I get her back? What do I do? <laughs> I heard you I heard you yell pipe. <laughs> okay, good. Oh um, yeah, that, those are that, those are my guide okay. or guides. I have had a few like guide-ish characters who've got side quests and who are quite powerful in the world. Um, that I've kind of had scattered about um, uh, and it would depend how much you guys interacted with to how much they like were able to guide you with but mm. you guys are very much on your own mission <laughs> I have not had any idea what was going on the entire time Even I only missed like two sessions of your campaign at the beginning <laughs> before players swapped around no. and I feel like I've just been winging it the whole time <laughs> like, I still don't know who Brumdus is really, or what he had to do with anything, and how that ties in with the egg, and what you know. I mean, I guess I know a bit more about what Eclipse won and stuff, but still, I'm just like, why am I here? Uh, <laughs> I just let the part the other the other guys decide what we're doing. I mean, I chip in with, you know, I wouldn't mind going to the Whisper Riles. Um, <laughs> I've just thought the very first um, like a session, like the little bit of intro that I did in session zero. Um, I feel like that hasn't been brought up at all for you. This is what I mean. Yeah. I don't know what started everything. I'm just here tagging along for the ride because these people are interesting and Aerithor likes interesting people. <laughs> and also has like sworn allegiance to Srothan for the time being, but you know. I, I, side don't, note and everything. I don't think you're really missing out on that much. Cool. Okay. So we're all just winging it. Brilliant. Yeah, now I feel really confident. <laughs> Which is why I'm so shocked that you guys just don't really interact that much with my NPCs. I feel like we do. Don't we? We went to the coronation. We spoke to as many people as we had time to speak to them before things went near the fan. I don't I don't know whether I've said this on the podcast before, but there was an NPC there for um that was kind of like designed or well not designed around but like sort of linked to each pc um and only two of you interacted with them well surely that one of them is danny yes danny interacted well obviously he wanted to talk to the queen which is the main reason you were there um yeah. but there was the king of I can't remember my own law now. It's, um, it's because you gave all of them different titles and different government types, so they all have different bloody things in front of their name. That's why I can't remember them. Is he a king he or is, is he the leader of an empire? He, I know that he was the king. Um, and he's like, I can remember the capital city is called Honest, but for some reason the name of the um, like country... Is that the one that begins with a U? Yes. I remember it begins with a U and it's got like four letters. I don't know why I can't remember those three letters, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He interacted with him. Um, Leaky interacted with theirs. But then um, Forrest had uh, like RP <laughs> Drowier not being interested really at all. So he didn't interact with anyone. Too busy eating all the shrimp. <laughs> Gimlin... 
was very tame. Gimlin was Gimlin was chaotic. <laughs> Wait, what? Gimlin was very tame. Um, like he invented lore about like people having their toes sticking out or something. <laughs> I can't remember. As long as with toes, I know. But he he was like RPing and talking to people, but he didn't really investigate or like um, go around anything that would have led him to certain things. I don't want to give too much away. Clearly, obviously, but. Yeah, and there was, uh, there was a couple of people there, but... Uh, oh, we need to learn how to ask the right questions to the right people. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult one, because um, NPCs are great having them there, because they can give you information, they can give you quests, they can um, like provide interests for people, but it's finding ways, if you've got an important NPC, of getting the players to interact with them... And like for me, trying not to force them down your throat again, but like getting that balance can be quite hard. I don't bother. I just force it down people's throat. (laughs) (laughs) What's this mysterious person creeps up behind you? They're investigating the same thing. I wonder if they know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Here, have literally the person in charge of the guard force in both the towns you've been to so far. It's, it's, yeah, I think you do. You think you do quite a good job of uh, introducing us to the important NPCs. But I, because at the very start, everyone requested a sandbox. I am leave, I'm trying to leave it more to the players to fine. see what I they think, in, interact with. I, there's a part of me. I love you to bits, and I think you're a great DM. But there's a part of me who thinks you heard sandbox, and your brain thought beach, <laughs> <laughs> entire coastline. <laughs> I must build the entire history of everything. <laughs> I'll be able to give you like more details on this about how I DM in certain aspects when we finish the campaign because I think it when will be we finish really the campaign because or when we get closer to the end because I don't want to give too much away um, about hey things. Google set a reminder for ten years. <laughs> It won't take that long. Uh, I'm only messing. <laughs> I mean, I think just for what we've covered there, we've basically gone through um, guides and quest givers because they're kind of related. Yeah. It's just obviously a different scope. Guides tend to stick around between quests and stuff. Yeah. But uh, my favourite are the other two that I mentioned. I love me some companions because I want to roleplay. I don't care too much to give them builds for combat. I mean, I, I have given like the NPCs that are on your team some builds, but I don't really mm. focus on them much. I'm just like, oh, spellcaster, have some spells. Oh, have a crossbow. Be in love with the crossbow. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, I love I love RPing with the players and giving them reasons to interact with the world and then sort of hiding in the shadows and letting them just talk to each other. Yeah. And your companion NPCs are good ways to open up topics and also give other hints especially since obviously the companions because they're played by the dm they know the law basically or you can let them know whatever you want them to know about the law and they can be like oh well actually the god of starlight blah 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 um that was me impersonating me doing valor even though i've never given valor a voice before so that's weird um but yeah they're they're your way of interacting with the story the most in ways that aren't just plot it's you know everything yeah, Words. 
you know what's going to be fun for me is you guys have adopted your first NPC who can talk. Yay! Yay! <laughs> wanted two, but I only got one, but oh well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, That's going to be fun. Um, especially since as soon as we leave the door, she was like, are they going to be dangerous? No, no, it's fine. Plus, we'll protect you. Literally five minutes after leaving the city, bloody boat gets attacked. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few hours. <laughs> well, in the long scale terms of things, that's basically five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, with you talking about like um, NPCs having them go with you and stuff, um, and you said before, I think it is important, like not necessarily to plan these kind of NPCs. Um, I'm about to mention, but. Um, when you find an NPC that a player gets attached to or particularly interested in, is to sort of kill them. No, <laughs> to <laughs> Sorry, double resist. down on that character. Well, not um, like again, not like trying to force people to interact with them, but give them more um, maybe importance in the story or um, time. more interactions. <laughs> And uh, yeah, really give it, it helps give the players more investment, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Philo was always going to be important. So the fact that you and Forrest both interacted with her heavily made me very mm. happy. Because, um, <laughs> you know, that was predetermined. So I couldn't do the double down thing. But obviously, we'll be doing that from now on. <laughs> because she is gone. Wahaha. <laughs> Evil. Evil DM. Evil DM who planned it all along. I didn't even plan it because I stole it from Mark. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, our companions are so fun to play. Obviously, you know, you don't want to make it a, a one-man theatre production. Yeah. Um, but it's a way to interact with the players and it's my favourite way. Personally. Yeah, it, it's good. I'd ask you about antagonists, but we haven't seen yours yet. <laughs> Did you want to talk about antagonists? Yes. Okay. Because I spent 20 episodes building up to one, and you spent, I keep saying all of episodes, I don't know why. It's because when you watch and listen to D&D, it's typically three episodes. Um, sessions, 20 sessions building up to one. And you've spent 35 sessions building up to something. <laughs> so, you know, these are the, the usually like the pinnacles of, of the conflict and, and the story. So, yeah. it's fun to flesh them out, give them motives, give them fun ways to appear evil. Yep. Make them complex and not actually fully evil, maybe. We've talked about villains before. Yeah. Um, and they're another really fun way to actually tell your story. So, gotta love them. Yeah. Even if you hate them. <laughs> as players, question mark. <laughs> Anything else to add? Yeah. I feel like um, my um, uh, antagonist, you guys haven't, obviously haven't, interacted with them directly yet there's been hints and stuff about um what's happening around but like the person is a mystery to you guys mm-hmm. however i am actually quite attached to those characters nice um because obviously i have had to flesh them out i've given them the motives i know it's probably the npcs i've spent the most time on Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do, I do, uh, do like me a villain. <laughs> Conversely, um, one of my villains, obviously not the main one, 
uh, I'll just name him because it's fine. Zarkira, the right hand man, woman of <laughs> brain work, the right hand woman <laughs> of uh, Starbane, who obviously you met two sessions ago. Um, I knew she was going to be evil and she was going to be involved. But like right hand woman of Starbane was all I had for her. But I just kept like leaving random, basically making up random evil things about her and leaving them in. And like I wouldn't know about them beforehand. It's yeah. nice to sort of just. It's like hmm, up to the point where she was in Smite's dream, and you actually saw some of the things she could do. She was just like a name to you guys who was terrifying, or she was supposed to be terrifying. I don't know if I got that across. Um, <laughs> And that was all she was to me as well. Like, I didn't actually develop it anymore. It was just fun to be like, ha, evil. <laughs> have some evil. This is evil. You'll see the evil later. I don't know what it is, but have some evil. <laughs> Love it. But also, yes, I did, this, I did the same with Starbane, but what you just described as, you know, being close to them in a weird way. Another one I want to bring up is uh, NPCs you get from backstories. Oh, yeah. I haven't had... I've had bits uh, mentioned about some of your background NPCs, but I haven't introduced any to this story yet. And I think I'm going to be quite nervous about that, because when you're creating your own NPCs, obviously you know what they're like, you've got an idea of them in your head, the players don't really know, they're just like meeting them. But it's... I'm a bit worried about trying to portray an NPC that one of my players has created because I want to do them justice and convey them as they imagine them to be. I feel like yeah. that could be quite difficult. Or Well, I think that's something that should be set as an expectation when you get the backstory. It should be like, well, when you're saying, give me some backstory stuff, <laughs> I think players and dm should discuss and if you're like in your situation you think i don't want to i don't want to get it wrong yeah then the player should understand that and when writing their backstory actually leave an npc vague if that makes sense oh yeah i can so you know for the example i mean you did it basically without me even asking you to because you gave me like your old your old group yeah uh what are they called the hellfires Shadow? Shadow. I, was, I always want to call them the Hellfire's Angels. No, um, they're not angels. <laughs> I know. That's why it's funny. Um, you gave me the Hellfire's Shadows, and obviously you've already briefly met Stray and been with um, Faith for a while. Mm. But you literally just said, here's a vague combat style and a vague personality trait for each of them. Yeah. And that meant that, you know, hopefully I couldn't really go too far wrong and disappoint you with those. Uh it made it easier for me, at least. Your silence speaks volumes. Did you hate them? I no, I I loved Faith. Faith was great. Um, I feel like you you did a great job on her. Um, like basically, as I imagined, um, if not better. Um, and then, yeah. but for Stray, I feel like he wasn't as I imagined him in the background backstory, but I feel like that makes sense because of what he's obviously been through some shit. I zip my lips. 
I mean, you've literally been in the same room for him for about 20 seconds and that's yeah, it. So Exactly. Well, it was more than 20 seconds. I forget. There was a bit where it kind of left initiative and was a discussion. A couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll find out more about him next time. <laughs> and by next time, I mean next time you see him, not next episode. Ah, <laughs> darn. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you liked Faith. But yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, case in point, you gave me a not vague, but, you know, open-ended NPC. I run with what you gave me and fleshed out the rest and it worked. So I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Uh, so really, that's on the players to not, you know, design NPCs in their backstory the same way they design their player character. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they might get disappointed when the DM has to run with it. Yeah, definitely. Here's a question for you. Shoot. How much do you prep your NPCs? Entirely depends. Yeah, uh, I, I agree, but <laughs> tell me more. I have a number of throwaway NPCs that are literally just names because so. I don't want another uh, Yondu moment. Yeah. Um, I have npcs that are mysterious and to keep the mystery up i make them mysterious for myself as well <laughs> um i have i mean main npcs are obviously the most fleshed out ones they get something resembling a backstory they get stat box they get other stuff they get planned story uh mm-hmm. and planned interactions that's pretty much it really okay and uh, i guess the last category is npcs that you could be interested in his players or just leave behind uh an example of that we raised on the podcast before was um sana the bunny yeah beast walker she was one that could have evolved she i fleshed her out enough that you might be interested in talking to her and i'd have i'd have answers to questions so to speak and a snap block if fights happened uh but it didn't roll that way so into the annals of history she goes Ah, that's, I'm a, I'm a little bit saddened by that. Amnesty didn't particularly get to uh, interact well, with them, but I never said forever. Yeah, no, but uh, I mean, she's not going to be in Mirsky anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't live there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's a fun one. Yeah. What about you? I again, it depends. Um, uh, I have a lot of set NPCs. Um. Like, I'll have some guards that, again, just have, um, like, a name, but I'll also give, like, a vague description of, like, race, um, hair colour, um, that kind of thing. Just very, very, very basic. Um, and then shopkeeps, uh, background NPCs, um, and that's that kind of stuff. I have... Um, you usually have like a vague image in my head, so I'll note down, um, like name, race, height, um, hair, details like color, what it looks like, um, a vague idea of what they're wearing, if they've got any, um, specific facial features, um, or tattoos. And then the other thing that I've started doing recently is I'll just give a very basic, like, possibly three-word um, bit on what kind of voice they have as well. Oh, I tried that, and it failed miserably last session. Because I was um, like, oh, I've played Skyrim for 400 hours. I can do a generic Nord from Skyrim. 
Yeah. And I can't. And it turned into Irish. So now oh, wow. everyone from my Nordic-inspired region, although it's in a jungle rainforest, that doesn't make sense, but all the names are Nordic-inspired, um, they all speak Irish now. Not Irish. <laughs> They're speaking Irish accents. And yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, that's fair. Um, um, so yeah, I tried that and failed. <laughs> <laughs> this is very fair. Um, and then main NPCs, I will give a bit of backstory. I'll do all the same, give a bit of backstory, um, list potential goals, and also um, put a few connections into the world and to, to other NPCs in there as well. Um, just to make them feel a little bit more grounded and in- integrated. Um I'll tell you what I've noticed from DMing after hearing what you've just listed. I I don't know how much this affects me as a story consumer, but as a storyteller, for the most part, my idea of things is very non-visual. Okay. So if I don't have an image for a character that I found online or generated or whatever, then... I don't care. I just have generic blank face in my head. <laughs> and they're the character. They can be as fleshed out as ever in terms of personality and backstory, but they don't have a face to me and I don't really care. And I don't know why. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's weird. I, I must admit, I, if you remember right at the beginning of my games, I used to give out a lot of um, character art uh-huh. for NPCs. Um, but that took a lot of time for me to try and find something that vaguely resembled what I wanted. And mm. I did kind of feel a bit um, strange using other people's characters that they've drawn and made for and like putting them into a, my story. Um, so to, I've taken more of a verbal approach um with the descriptions that's why i tend to describe more but there's a part of me that worries as well um that my descriptions of places as well as npcs that people don't find interesting like if i'll have like a a very detailed idea of what this guy's coat looks like and like the kind of top he wears and the trousers i'm like i don't feel like anyone's interested in how in like knowing i don't know as an exaggeration how many buckles this guy has on his coat well i'll give you two answers to that the first is refer to whichever episode of the podcast where we talked about the um the library incident Mm -hmm. um and second is if you're really worried about it then don't give the detail bits until anyone asks for them or until they're relevant well, I will. Um, I'll give basic details now. I'm not. I don't. I've. I have more written down than I will give to players, just in case they do inquire more. Fair. I had another point that related to something earlier you said, but I've already forgotten about it. So we can move on oh, if you no. like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yay brain! Yay brain! Oh, actually, that's the point. I. Uh, you mentioned stats as well. I very rarely stat out NPCs. I only do it if I know for a fact that you're going to get into a combat with them. And if you yeah. get into a combat with an NPC that doesn't have a snap block, they ain't fighting. <laughs> They're running away. <laughs> I've actually um, had NPCs that I don't put stat blocks on for, but in my head I'm like, this person's adventured before. They're probably around about like this level kind of person, so they they wouldn't go. They wouldn't be too. They wouldn't go down straight away like um, other NPCs and stuff. But I still mm. haven't written. Um, a stat block for 
Fair. But yeah. I mean, good example is the one you just met, Scaldi and Scorb, who were literally written that within half an hour of you meeting them, you're going to fight something, whichever way you went <laughs> from uh, where you landed. That's fair. So Thanks. they get a stat block. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was going to say now. It was to do with the character art thing. Okay. Um, obviously, that bit where you, if you feel you feel strange because that's other people's art and it's not necessarily your design, it might not fit in with what you want. That's fine. If you don't have that though, and you are comfortable with using other people's art, hmm. uh, but don't want to spend loads of time looking for something that fits what you've described, then do it backwards. Find something that looks yeah. cool and then make a character based on the image. Yeah, that's always a good way to do it. That is my top tip, because I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can't do that, then I use AI, because I'm evil. <laughs> I mean, I will actually just bring it up quickly, because AI obviously is threatening a lot of industries right now. Yep. Um, I will defend myself slightly in that I was never going to pay any artists in the first place, so I'm not taking any money from anyone, and I'm only using the free ones that don't advertise. So no money is going to anyone from me. Um, but if you want to brand me the devil then feel free um, I'll take it <laughs> moving on yeah. um, the next thing we've got written down here is uh, having NPCs in the party yeah I actually was intrigued to discover that uh, this isn't necessarily something that people expect no and uh, I didn't care I just went with it anyway <laughs> yeah, it, it's a point of contention, I think, um, uh, that sometimes when DMs have an NPC in the party, that they sometimes play them on level with the party, in a sense that they're having a PC um, like playing the game like all the rest of people around the table while also DMing, and it, that can cause a lot of issues. Um, so I think having NPCs in the party could be tricky business, um, depending on how it went. I mean, insert meme here, he's talking about Aroas again. <laughs> um, I take you from the almighty Mark Humes, mm. because in his sessions he does... He always puts NPCs on your side. Not always, always, but quite a lot. Right. And the way he does it, though, is if they are as powerful as the player characters, then it's a case of, well, the player characters are the champions of Rois. They're going to instruct the NPC what to do. Okay. So it's a case of, here's this NPC's abilities. If you need them help to help you, call out in your turn, on your turn or any time. And when it gets to them, they'll do that. If not, they'll just do a basic attack. <laughs> And I like it rolling like that. And um, the only time I deferred from that was one time when I had Valor use a reasonably powerful spell for your level. It would have been like the highest level spell one of you would have had if you were spellcasters. Yeah. Full spellcasters. Um, I didn't do that much. It was the Tasha's Mind Whip or something on the okay. Abaleth. Yeah. Um, and maybe influence some saving throws later down the line. But yeah. I Obviously, it's not, a, as I said earlier, it's not meant to be a one man. Or one person theatre production. Yeah. So uh don't take the spotlight away from your players, obviously. Yeah. Valor was just there because you were travelling with her, and if she vanished every time you had a fight, then it wouldn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so she was in there throwing her little firebolts and doing her little stabby stabs. Um 
And Arvel never lands false with Evangeline, so I can't miss him in <laughs> <any> fights. <laughs> oh, great moments. <laughs> See, I... great moments. Therefore, if I hadn't done them, they wouldn't have had those great moments. <laughs> but they didn't steal the spotlight, did they? They were just no. good, fun moments. Yeah. This is my defence. I um, listen to another podcast where they did this kind of thing for a short time, but very differently. Um, and I don't know whether, I don't think I do bring it up very often in this, in uh, the podcast, but I love this podcast with a passion so much, and it is the Glass Cannon podcast. I, I have heard you speak of this. Yes, Troiler Valley is just an amazing GM and tells stories in an incredible way. Just, just I love him. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not just me fanboying about other DMs now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, they obviously play, they play Pathfinder in the uh, their first and like them their main uh, one that they did. Um, but they had a character traveling with them for a short time, um, who was a dwarf, um, and fought alongside them. But how they did it was, um, Troy gave over their character sheet to the party, and every um, session they would pass the uh, sheet round and give someone else like a yeah. turn controlling them, Mark which I think is really well. good. They, yeah. They didn't RP them, so uh, the DM still did the RP for them. But in battle, it didn't take away from the players because the players were the ones who were still controlling him. I think yeah. that's that's a good way to do it. So yeah, I agree. Mark did that one as well, although he only did it once, and it was right near the end. But it was good. Yeah. Um, I uh, did I bring up last time that the original Rois is finished now, and it made me really sad. Or is that not? We have not done our episodes since then, have we? I don't know. I don't think so. Because you were on holiday. Original Rose has ended and I'm really sad. Uh, Moving on. I cried like three times in the finale and had to donate a big soppy message to them saying how amazing it was. Um, Because that's the kind of person I am. Uh, Moving on. I'm doing a lot of moving on today because I keep going on tangents. Someone stop the tangents. I was just going to say that um, in my game where where I play Ember, I also control in battle a Warforge called Ash, who is very protective of Ember. And uh, that's, yeah, that's how we do it. And that is the DM RPs him and uh, I control him because <laughs> I was essentially, I essentially recruited him. So, yeah. That was um, interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. I like that. Um, so I go on tangents and then I hit a brick wall when I try and go back on path. <laughs> brain help be just be helpful for once um staying on topic of npcs in the party you've asked this question so i'm gonna ask it to you because you're the one who's gonna answer it because you asked it what do you do if they die (laughs) it's it's an interesting one because i haven't had a well i've had players die i've had a player die once and it was the first time i ever dm'd and I didn't know what I was doing in that situation. It was very much brushed over and uh, they just made a new character. And it, yeah, it was just... Basically, it didn't feel like it mattered. Um, mm. But again, in Glass Cannon, they do such a good job of how they deal with death of PCs and NPCs. It's it's beautifully done. Just, yeah, I, I recommend listening. Um so from that, I feel like if a player does die, 
in my games, then I've got ways that I intend to make it a uh, bigger moment than just, oh, well, you're dead. Here's a, go make a new character. Mm-hmm. But I feel for an NPC, it might be more on the players to see how they react to that. Because you can give them final words, which is one of the reasons why I don't have your PCs go unconscious when they're making death, death saves. They're up but incapacitated. So that if they if they are going to die, they get like those last few moments to communicate something. Um, uh-huh. So I'm potentially giving the NPCs a last word or a last request. Um, and Loki may be stating that, by the way. That's fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, um, seeing how the players uh, handle it, and potentially having other NPCs in the world that end up like questioning what happens and going to the party and be like where's where's my husband what did you what's happened <laughs> kind of thing mm, i like it i like it i like it um <laughs> my brain why is wrong with my brain today uh i think we kind of covered this with what you mentioned about um people having the character sheet or as i said people instructing them what to do but have you got any other thoughts towards game pace when it comes to combat with npcs because this is something that i think both of us have struggled with where well, we've learned from um because for me it was one of the big it was the climax i say it wasn't a massively a climax of the first town right. uh and i just I basically had an altercation between uh you guys and the guards because they were on your side and mm. this seedy bunch of criminals and for some reason i was like oh this would be a big turnout loads of people would show up and i gave the criminals a bunch of thugs and the guards a bunch of like not thugs but the equivalent and then the fight, I had like 20 NPCs to control and obviously it ground to a halt. And I was like, yeah, this one does a sort of thing. This one does the same thing. This one dodges, this one shoots. And it kind of, yeah, I don't think that combat was necessarily fun for everyone. Um, what do you think? I think it was a fun combat. Um, when I run combats, I know some people roll individually for all the creatures that are there, but I think we all... Um, I think we both roll for groups rather than individuals. If they have the same image on their token, they have the same initiative in my rules. Yes. Um, but one of the things I've sort of started doing is while you guys are still taking your turns, if there's, or just after I finished, um, like, I'll. Okay, hang on. <laughs> While you guys, I'll plan what the NPCs are, do, are, are gonna do, but also I might move and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resolve some things, um, for a, for a turn coming up for an NPC before the actual turn, um, just so that when it gets to the turn, I can just quickly go, yep, that happened. Um, this is what they're doing. Like, if, if they're off screen and you can't see them and I know no one's going to, like, get there to intervene, I'll just do it quickly while other people are thinking about their turns. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I've, I'm in the middle of their turn and you can only see one or two of them, I'll do the one or two that you can see and then move on. But while the next person's trying to take their turn, I'll resolve the other things that you can't see. Um, to try and keep the pace up a bit. But it, it is difficult, especially if you've got a lot of creatures there. 
I think another thing to consider as well goes back to what we talked about about stat blocks and like power levels. It's a lot easier to decide what an NPC does if they can only do one or two things. Yeah. Um, and if you've given them an entire, obviously this doesn't count for big encounters with big bosses or anything, because that's mm. the whole point of those things. They have cool abilities and ways of dealing things, doing things differently. Yeah. But uh, thugs, as I called them earlier, like there's no point in giving them three thousand abilities when all they're really going to do is attack you with a sword and block you with a shield. Yeah. Because um, it's just easier to decide that, even if it necessarily isn't fun to describe. This guy attacks. This guy attacks. This guy attacks. Um, yeah. It's, it certainly keeps the pace, at least. I was going to mention something else. I've forgotten. Oh, yeah. One of the things that you can do as well, if you do have a complicated battle coming up or a complicated sheet that you know is going to be... You're going to have to play through. I don't... I'm not the best at doing it because I've got bad memory, but I recommend, if you can, trying to memorize stat sheets... Uh, well not necessarily all of the stat sheets but go but learn like this guy does can do like these kind of things so you mm. when it comes to the session you've already got a basic idea um of how it's going to go and on your turns you know like what the character would potentially do mm. yeah oh. makes a sense and the final the final breed of npc so to speak we come to is uh, everyone's favourite realistically. If you don't like this, then you don't have a heart. Pets! Uh. <laughs> You're only erring because for some reason you made it possible for all of us to have one. <laughs> I don't understand how this happened. <laughs> what do you mean you don't understand how it happened? You had a pet shop. Uh. What did you expect? Not for everyone to buy a pet. And you put cool and cute animals in it and magical ones. And we were like, wowee, I want one. Uh, yeah, so you guys basically have a menagerie on your ship. You've got yep. two pseudo dragons, which they used Previously to be three. three rip in peace. Yeah. Uh, you've got a cat. Luna. Eoveth, played by um, uh, Leaky, has a um, hellhound puppy. puppy, yes. And now um, the our paladin, Srothan, played by Danny, um, has, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like Summon Mount or something? It's Warg, isn't it? Yeah, and he's he's summoned a warg, and it's just there, chilling on a ship most of the time. And you haven't even finished everything. I think you're also forgetting that Gimlin technically has his alphamilia, although we haven't seen it for like five sessions for some yeah, reason. Yeah, he never... He, he, it's another one of those things where he mentioned it once, and then it's just never come up. <laughs> and also the little shadow friend we got from the underground, mm. who is basically a pet in my eyes. Uh-huh. <sighs> Yeah, yeah of sorts. That, again, everyone forgot about and hardly interacts with, but... Only because we spent so long away from the ship as soon as we came out of the caverns, in my opinion. <laughs> the fun thing about this is, though, now you've got an NPC on the ship who can talk. Like, she's obviously going to have interactions with all these creatures, <laughs> and I feel like yep. that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. What the fuck is that? Oh, it's just our friendly, intelligent shadow friend. <laughs> oh. He does little dances and stuff. <laughs> he does in my mind. I don't think you ever said that, but he does in my mind. Um, oh yeah, pets are fun. 
especially, I don't know, I just think they're fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've only really got one in my campaign. That's because it's one of your class features. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should fix that. Actually, I did make a pet shop in the last city and no one went to it. So your problem. Yeah, I think at that point, though, I, I either had or knew that I was... Uh, yeah, I had the, the little dragonette, and I was not really going to buy another one. Yeah, but none of the other players did either, and I was like, fine, screw you guys. Don't have one. <laughs> if, it, if it hadn't have been a class feature, I probably would have uh, been more interested. But... Oh, it's fine. Don't have fun. Your problem. <laughs> not mine. Amnesty and her army of animals. <laughs> I mean, you told me before that in most RPGs you end up with an army of wolves, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, where you can, I will. <laughs> well, who says you can't in Erois? Interesting, interesting. Anyway, I'm all brained out already, so I think we should end DM discussions before I go insane. No, nope, that's fair. That was only a nine on my stealth check. Guess she can hear me then. Well, since I've already grabbed her attention, I'd like to take this time just to say thank you very much for listening to our podcast. Me and Sounds are trying to make it something that you will really enjoy. And as you heard earlier, we finally got our act together and we're now posting on social media. So please do come find us on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube for extra content from the two of us. We would also love to hear from you, so by all means, please get in contact with us on any of those. If you could also just do us a massive favour, it shouldn't take up too much of your time, but it would really mean the world to us. Whatever app you're listening on, could you just give us a cheeky like, a follow, subscribe, five stars, whatever's relevant on your app genuinely really helps boost the podcast. It'll help other amazing people like you find our podcast. It's a tough world out there, so every little helps. Oh yeah, and if you could tell your friends, family, pets, whoever will listen about our nerdy podcast, we will owe you big time. Now, I'll let you be on your way. And don't tell the cards you saw me, okay? Bye! Here we are, we've arrived from the TikTok train. Yeah, it's favourite moments. <laughs> Woohoo! I have written down one, but I actually have two, because I've just remembered how long it's been since we recorded. Okay. So I go first? Yes, I'll go please. first with one, then you. Then, well, we'll have a favourite moment sandwich. Um, okay. Rewind. Favorite number. Fuck. Help. Help. I need help. Favorite moment number one. Never not be having fun. Um. Uh. I've already mentioned it. Original High Rollers Arise is finished. Yeah. And I cry. It was so good. Aww. It was. It was. It did everything it needed to without feeling like fan service. It was all wrapped up. It was all fun and happy and amazing. Well, not all of it was happy because obviously there had to be some sad stuff. Otherwise, I would have cried. Um, oh, it was so, so good. I was like, oh, hilariously as well, it was the first live episode I've ever watched. 
<laughs> so like <laughs> five years and 190 sessions they did and i was like i can't turn up to these half the time is because i was playing um well not <laughs> half the time but obviously the last year and a bit two yeah. years nearly it's been because i've been playing um but then i turn up just for the finale try my odono cry three times have like a mini existential crisis for the next few hours after it finished because like what am i going to do what i want to watch D now uh and all six of them and also everyone behind the production and cameras and lighting and music and stuff just fucking nailed it so nice. 10 out of 10 for them no <laughs> your turn um i'm assuming my point i can't remember who wrote hoops but i'm assuming my point here is a rowis act one finale yeah yeah Epic I mean, moment. both of the ones we've written down, I can equally say are both my favourites. Yeah. So, like, it's just a shared favourite moments today, apart yeah, from that first much. bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've obviously been building up, well, you've been building up to this moment for a while. Um, <laughs> we uh, we <laughs> get a job to investigate some shady happenings that are uh, going on in the uh, big church thing nearby we go we investigate we find out that there's a, a secret thing underground so we go and check out that and then turns out there's lots of cultists down there and there's a big fight and and i find my old uh old um friend slash leader stray uh who uh who seems to have turned against us and with these people which was a devastating moment and is literally fighting you and his once or still probably lover who yeah. knows yeah um and then uh a woman walks out with a few other people by her side and it's like you better surrender otherwise you're gonna die <laughs> so uh, come on put your hands up kind of have a have a moment of tension Amnesty, like, fucking legs it up to start swinging because she's like, I am, like, becoming a prisoner. No way. Mm. I'd rather die. Inazuma so, follows suit. Yeah. We both get a uh, fireball laid on us, which Amnesty... Well, no, I, I actually want to describe how this happened because I was quite proud of this okay. moment. She was always yeah. going to fireball people. Yeah. But it's the fact that she has you and Inazuma on either side of her. I think Inazuma's trying to grapple her. Mm. Um, and she's basically already cast this fireball, but she's just holding it, kind of like a, a readied action spell. Mm. And so when she gets tackled, the fireball just drops and explodes at her feet. But she's immune to fire damage, which you guys don't know, <laughs> um, because of her otherworldly sort of patron kind of thing. It's not a warlock mm. or anything, but she basically has been gifted these powers. And so you get like a point blank fireball that explodes on both of you and knocks you both out. And I was like, <laughs> actually, no. It didn't knock Amnesty out because she is resistant to fire damage, which is why she ran up. Oh yeah, of course, I forgot about that. And she uh, she made her save, so she only took like seven damage. I forgot about that. How did you get knocked out? Oh, I remember now. Do I remember? Did you get you got like attacked by more with swords? Didn't yeah, you? yeah, I got attacked by more things. Well, anyway, I knocked in a zoom around, gave her, gave him a massive burn. Yeah, literally. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but I quite like the cinematic moment there in my brain, at least. It was a good moment, yeah. Um, and that's not even the biggest part of this moment. Carry no. on. 
I was trying to get there quickly with some background, but there was some really good moments leading up to it. Um, the other two players, after seeing that surrender, um, we get taken to a chamber. Uh, Amnesty and Imazuma get stabilized. And this uh, woman's there basically going, you've been a pain in our, in our sides, so you're going to witness uh, what we've all been leading up to. Again, feel free to take over if you think I'm butchering this. No, this is fine. <laughs> um, let, we're about to open this portal and let one of the like nine great evils in the universe through. Ah, that's bad. I do need to interrupt. <laughs> Everyone at that point had been told, although you already suspected it was a lie, yeah. that this portal was going to bring about one of the gods of the planet, Palador, who is the sun god, and he was going to take over like the leader of the pantheon, because that's what this cultist was, in theory, all about. Mm. And the cultists all believe it as well. The only person who didn't believe it was, who, didn't, who knew it wasn't him, was the woman. She was secretly, actually, the puppet of an evil god from far away... Yeah, and so there was this big reveal when the portal opened yeah. that it wasn't actually a good god it was evil yeah. but the reason why they were able to get away with this deception is because both Palador and this evil uh, elder evil Ulban have like a, a an overlapping domain of sorts because Palador is the sun god therefore he's the radiant one um, and Ulban is the radiant elder evil and that's how they got away with it up to that point carry on <laughs> um so yeah, she she opens this uh, portal after giving us a speech, um, and this creature appears, basically destroys all of the cultists, including the faithful one, and is like, I'm about to take over, and these evils start running towards the portal. But before this can happen, Vala appears from her invisibility and punches a code into the Stargate to change the portal, and so... The elder evil gets shut off, but then the portal reopens, and it is none other than Star Daddy. <laughs> Star Daddy, I love that that's already become a thing, and it's only the first time we've met him. It's the emperor of the evil empire. Well, not evil. Well, maybe evil. Who knows? Maybe it's evil. It was definitely evil to Erosians because they had a war like four hundred years ago, and you guys didn't even know he was still alive. He's still alive. Yep. Yep. Uh, and he just appears and then the last plot twist which is the, my favourite part of the whole thing go on tell him my story I thought you were going to give him his real name rather than just keeping calling him Star Daddy <laughs> oh Callus Starwain what we do that's not the important bit <laughs> <laughs> that's not even his name Callus Valkyrian is his real name Starbane is because he killed the Star God 400 years ago who's literally like the most important god to the planet but that's all irrelevant to the next plot twist in my opinion tell him my story fine <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, he steps through and is shocked as he uh, sees Valor and through a, a, a teary response states that Valor is indeed his daughter. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> From four, over 400 years ago. Yep. Which, yep. She was we, like in stasis in space, or not even in space, yeah. you know. She was in stasis somewhere. Yeah, we uh, don't even know like how she was discovered by the um, religious people and brought up. Mm -hmm. um, because they died in like session 10 or whatever yeah. earlier than that. And no one ever spoke to them really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my big plot reveal of, of Big Star Daddy and what was going on in the Abbey and why Valor's got magic powers. Turns out, She's the demigod empire heiress. 
Yeah, that was the other thing, that she is not only the child of uh, Starbane himself, but uh, of Siaska, the god that he killed. Yeah, the star goddess I mentioned. Oh, and then he teleported you to a different continent and you're fucked. Yeah, and then he he basically stole our valor, teleported us all to a different continent in the middle of nowhere, um, and uh, teleported uh, us away from Faith and Stray. So uh, Amnesty has just, like, lost three people. And, uh, oh, and um, she was the only one to break out of her bindings originally. She broke out and tried to, like grab Valor, but that didn't go very well. Um, well, he's started. He's big and strong. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just uh, after they got thrown through the portal, she basically just screamed into the uh, valley. My favourite thing as well is that you spent the two weeks after that session like, I can't believe you made me lose four things close to me because I hadn't described yet that right at the beginning of the next session um, he made another portal to send all their gear and Amnesty's Dragonette through yeah, <laughs> so she was, was like I don't have my Dragonette I don't have Stray I don't have I don't have Faith I don't have Valor you've taken everything it was, was such like, nope. an evil evil moment because we mentioned something I was like did like oh Dragonette's there or something and you're like is, is it and I was like you can't say that my Dragonette didn't come with me <laughs> you can't take four Watch things me. away <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I, I held that over you for a week or so. Yeah. But then literally straight away in the beginning of the session, you just hear a me as the dragonette falls down the second portal. I didn't get to describe it because uh, you're in the middle of a lot, but I was hoping that Amnesty would catch it. Ah, uh, it was too far away. Damn. Okay. It was specifically far away so that no one could jump through the portal. <laughs> Stop being <ain't> stupid. <laughs> uh. Oh dear. Yeah, it was like 40 feet away and it was only open for like three seconds. So even if Inazuma had sprinted at this top speed, he would have got there just as it vanished. Yeah. But yeah, that was the big thing. That was literally the, the session and the story and the plot twist that inspired me actually being a DM. Um, most of, not all of, but most of it, again, stolen from Mark, from High Rollers, the one that's just finished, that I don't ever stop going on about. Um, so yeah, fun times. I loved it. I hope you loved yeah. it. Uh, and to wrap up favourite moments a light hearted one just from a regular old session I say regular old session all sessions are fun Um, we were playing in Forest Campaign just over a week ago and uh, go on it's gonna explain the favourite moment quote like from uh, from our social medias a few days ago follow or you suck Um, (laughs) yeah so we're on this island that the ship has uh, the ship we were on has sort of had to um not quite like crash into but we 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 had a fight we lost control of the ship we wandered into some mists and now the ship's too damaged to not go anywhere but this island but everyone's warned us that this island is deadly so we're having a little nose just to scope out the area we come across these rock pools and initially uh leaky who plays gregor rolled to investigate these rock pools and scored pretty high and so the dm forest was like Okay, now I've got to explain stuff about these rock pools that that's aligns with an 18 or whatever. Yeah. Um, sort of, at least this is how I interpret what his brain process was. I imagine he was trying to buy time to think about what to say. Um, <laughs> and what came out of his mouth first was, you've been to rock pools before. And so we all just sort of like, sure, okay, Greg has been to rock pools before. This is great. We had a little giggle and then sort of forgot about it because it was just a little moment. Um, yeah. 
And then about 20 minutes or so later, they'd found out um, through these investigations and through other series of events that these rock pools were home to uh, various ingredients for like potions and spell components and stuff. And uh, Gregor went to harvest some and roll the nat 20 on the harvest, which no one expected because he's a barbarian. He's got massive clunking hands. You wouldn't expect him to be like delicate to pick anything up. And without even the moment of hesitation, Leaky was just like, ah, I've been to rock pools before. <laughs> And we all just lost it. It was oh, so good. It was a great it was moment. A stupid dumb moment, but so good. So good. <laughs> uh, it was just the way he said it as well. It was just everything. I would have tried to do have done the uh, Scottish accent, but it would have wouldn't have done oh. it justice. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> happy like days. Good, good, good moment. I have another one actually, but maybe we should save it for next episode. Maybe yeah, because it happened in your session. Yeah, we'll save it. Okay. Uh, so. Oh no. TikTok train. TikTok train. Happy time. Oh no. Wee wee. Okay, go. <sighs> okay, so. In a piece. Erethal. Hi. You woke up in the woods with some basic clothes and a ring. And that was all you had. You lost your memories. Um, Travelling down, you interacted with a few people, but then, well, with someone, and then came to a village. Um, And while you have been in this village, your ring was stolen from you. Bastards. So... Bastard. (laughs) You headed to um, the, uh, I want to say, the the sheriff's, like, house building thing um, of this little village. And um, as you entered, uh, you saw a figure at a desk wearing a brown poncho, like a large brown cowboy hat with the peacock feathers um, uh, tucked into the um, like the strap around it, um, and then you saw that his face was like made of metal plates, and then his arms as well from out from under the um, the poncho, and came to the realization, or well, I don't know whether you would know this, but just generally he is a warforged with um, like um, like green eyes. Oh no, wait, hang on, two glowing gold eyes, not green. <laughs> um, and yeah, he, he he looks up, and he saw you enter, and he goes, "Good afternoon." Hi. Uh, I have a crime to report. Somebody stole my ring. Is it, um, an important ring? Mm-hmm. Very important. Utmost important, you might say. Well, uh, come in, take a seat. Um, the name's Swift. When, uh, do you know when or how the ring was stolen? Well, uh, I just arrived in town yesterday. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. I've stayed one night and uh, was helping out this fellow in the market to uh, earn a bit of bit of cash. And I definitely had it at the beginning. I definitely had it even partway through because he pointed out and said, that's a bit flashy ring, right? You got the 
And I thought, yeah, it is. I'm going to hide it. So I put it in my pocket. And then I looked in my pocket at the end. Or not even at the end. I can't remember how long it was. How long was it? <laughs> You'd actually spoken to him before the morning before. And uh, that's when he mentioned the ring uh, uh, the day before. And then in the morning before you went there, you popped it in your pocket. All of that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then partway through the shift, I went to look for it and it wasn't there. Huh. Well, it seems uh, we're dealing with a pickpocket then. Indeedy. Most pickpockets you'll find tend to hang out around the broken waste. Uh, it's on the outskirts of town. <sighs> If you're trying to resolve this yourself, the easiest way to go around it might be to go there alone and ask around. Um, that sounds like a really good way to get stabbed. <laughs> there are... I don't really tend to get many stabbings um, but if you do not feel comfortable going alone I can accompany you but again you are most likely to find more information on your own hmm duly noted well maybe I'll try your tactics see if they work but if they don't I'll be back yes and um Good, good luck. Any other tips? Uh, don't make any sudden moves. Any names I can invoke to instill fear in their hearts? Uh, you could potentially say that uh, Swift sent you, but... Interesting. Well, thank you. I'll be on my way. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, which way is it? He'll give you some basic directions um, to where you need to go, and you uh, make your way through the city. Um, the sky is now sort of that red colour with the sunset. Um, it's dark, and there's not as many people wandering around as there was during the day. Um, and as you get to the outskirts, you see before you there's just a, like a large area that's covered with like broken carts um, and equipment, items that are no longer been used. It's there's basically just a junkyard of old uh, things in here. At the moment, you don't really see anyone around, um, but you can venture in. I will say before I get too close to the edge, I would. Uh... I think at this point, Arthur wouldn't care too much about his parents like he does in canonical sessions. Right. Uh, so he's going to like rough up his clothes a bit and like tie his hair up so it doesn't look so luscious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just try to look less fancy. Okay. And fit in a bit better. Nice. Uh, um, as you're wandering through, make a perception check for me. Perception. If I rewind my stats to before level one, <laughs> that would be a 16. Okay. 
you wander around for a few minutes, you you feel like it could be quite easy to get lost in here because the uh, some piles of materials and items and there's just like uh, carts that are still somewhat intact um, that it could be quite easy to get lost but you feel like you know vaguely where you are and at one point you see something in the corner of your eye move um, but you keep moving forward um, and uh, after a while you hear a voice from behind you. Not a lot of people venture into this part of the city. You lost. No, for you. Now, do you turn around to see? Yes. Um, you see um, a humanoid figure sort of laid back on top of one of these uh, carts. Um, one leg, uh, like, sort of dangling off the side, the other knee up on top, uh, and just, like, twiddling, um, a dagger in their hands. They've got, like, messy hair, and they, uh, turn to you and you see that it's a human with, the uh, blue eyes. And it looks like, um, they're potentially, like, late teens, early twenties, um, human woman. Is there something I can help you with? Do you often help people who say they're not lost? Well, I just assumed if you're here, you're looking for something. Why would you think that? Well, if you don't need any help, I'll, uh, I'll just let you be on your way then. I didn't say that, I just asked another question. How do I know you don't need help from me? I, um... You don't look like the sort I would usually get help from, but, uh... Judging a book by its cover now? No, oh, I'm usually pretty good at reading people. I'm usually pretty good at throwing off people's readings. <laughs> You're an interesting one. I try. And she uh, sits up and so has like both her legs off the side now. What's your name? Erethor. Lexi, pleasure to meet you. She holds out a hand. I'll reach for it. Yeah. Likewise, so far. She gives it a shake, but then also kind of uses it to help her down. Uh, jumps down and stand in front of you. So you just uh, fancied a stroll, did you? No, I need help. <laughs> and what do you need help with? Well, somebody rather mistakenly uh, accidentally borrowed permanently my ring and I would like it back ah. yes um, purple stone yes I uh, may know something about who took that well I'd be surprised if he didn't because he just described it to a T <laughs> not that there is much to describe about it other than purple stone yeah well I could use a bit of help as well. And, I you thought know. I was the kind of person who you didn't get help from. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, try not to judge a book by its cover. Fair enough. What can I do for you? Let's uh, go into the deal details a bit later. 
I, uh, you help me with something and I'll help you get your ring back. Deal? And she holds out a hand. Try not to overthink it. I ain't murdered no one, but sure. No murdering. Gotta be careful in these these days. Maybe. Sometimes. You never know. Do you shake a hand? Yes. Okay. Oh um, god, what magical contract have I just signed? <laughs> As you shake a hand, uh, the view of the camera shifts and uh, is cut across and we skip forward now to see Erethor sneaking through a large corridor decorated with um, fancy furniture and paintings and you're being led through by Lexi. Um, she seems to know where she's going and has given you like a dark hooded cape um, and a black uh, hawk mask um, that she is also wearing. Um, she guides you through and then reaches a door and uh, picks the lock with uh, relative ease um, and opens it just an inch, um, turns to you and says, keep watch out here, let me know if anyone's coming um, and I will be right back. And she looks into the room. Uh, looks back to you to see it get an acknowledgement. I will uh, nod and then also like subtly but not inaudibly like tap the floor three times as if to say that's the signal. Uh, she gives you a nod and ventures into the room and closes the door. Do you do anything while you're out here? Uh... I'd take like a few seconds just to look around get a sense of the space but other than that I think I'll probably just be doing what she said okay roll me another perception check please ooh it's time it's a dirty 20 ooh very nice a few minutes in you hear light um, footfalls and a bit of Stumbling, I think is the best word to describe it. It seems to be um, like down the corridor a bit and a turn or two away. Um, do you do anything? Pretty sure I should be tapping right now. Tip, tip, tap. Tap, tap, tap. You tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Um, <laughs> uh, Lexi like opens the door and then like just looks out um, a little bit towards you and heard something I'll nod and mime like stumbling and point in the direction okay you uh, both listen um, and sort of look down that direction and um, a few moments pass and you see like a um, like a flickering light um, coming down that corridor and um, seems to be approaching um, but there is a, there is a few ways uh, like ways off this corridor branches off this corridor from between there and here Lexi kind of just like 
ducks back into the room and goes to grab your arm to pull you in with her. Do you follow? I was going to go in anyway. Okay, you both go in. Um, close the door. And you see now you're in what almost looks like a trophy room. Glass display boxes that have um, certain, like, what almost look like simple but well-decorated items. And you, you see that um, uh, Lexi seems to have taken the lids off of some of them and taken items, uh, put them into like a, a pouch, of the several pouches she has like about her person. Um, and you also see some of them seem to have been switched for like little um, weights, almost like rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she, while she's there, she like does the eye symbol like to her eyes, and you like to the door for you, and go goes back to doing bits and pieces. Is there a keyhole in the door? There is. Can I look through it? Yeah, you, you look through it, and um, you see uh, the light um, off in the distance um, for a second, but then it seems to get. Uh, further away again and uh, after a while disappears uh, I will quietly say it looks like we're probably good for now she turns to you and goes great because I think I got pretty much what I needed let's get out of here anything fun in here for me yeah hey. was that a DM question or a uh question. That was directed at the character. Okay. Uh, picked up a few interesting items. I I could share some with you. Cool, let's go. Okay, cool. Um, and she leads, she starts leading you back the way you came. Don't, what, what you both don't hear is um, another guard um, who, well, a guard, um, and sort of they turn the corner as you're trying to head down um, and you see an elven guard not like carrying any light or anything but they're wearing like simple armor with a sword on their belt and as they see you they go hey stop <laughs> uh, Lexi simply goes shit grabs something and then throws uh, what looks like a handful of sand in his face and goes this way and starts running off back in the other direction. Do you follow? I will, but after a moment, just before she throws the, the thing or reacts, I'll just be like, what are you doing here? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Erethor's favorite trick when he gets caught doing something, he just tries to flip it back on them. Um, but yeah, then she does it. the stuff and he follows. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, she leads you through a few more corridors. And just, um, just, also, just as we're running, I'll shout out, Quick, he's disguised as a guard! (laughs) (laughs) Get him! (laughs) Roll a persuasion check. Oh no! Oh no! I got in that one! Oh no! Fuck's sake, that was... Persuasion. You hear a voice off in the distance go, um... It's still a seven if that means anything. (laughs) (laughs) You hear another voice off in the distance go, Hey, isn't that Jerry's corridor? That doesn't sound like Jerry. After them! <laughs> Jerry's and, uh, sick today! Because I realised I've been... <laughs> um, okay, I'll shut up now. Let's go. 
as you're running through you hear um more shouting and yelling behind you as you're going um and um it's lexi like opens up a door on one of the corridors and like shoves you in shuts the door behind you and like props the chair up against the handle um and it's all she's all very quick you can tell that she's done this before um moves to like goes over to a window jimmies it open and then like takes a second looks back at you with like a half smile and mischief in her eyes and goes see you down there and then jumps out the window at this moment you remember that you've been up a few flights of stairs and are around about on the second floor of this building oh joy um uh, I guess I'll rush to the window and look down <laughs> you rush to the window and look down and uh, Lexi uh, seems to like gently land on the floor uh, run a few steps forward and then turn to look to see what you're doing um, I'm just gonna like <laughs> I think this is what Aerothor would do he just shout is this your idea of a date or something <laughs> what not really but I suppose I'll say the line do you trust me <laughs> not, not not as far as I can throw you but I ain't got no choice and I'll jump out <laughs> nice and as you do you see her like eyes glow for a second as she mutters an incantation and your fall slows as you're going um, and gently land on the floor mind if I drop in <laughs> Great line. Um, and she sort of like punches you on the shoulder and runs off into the brush. I don't know why I'm following this woman. And I'll follow her. <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we'll leave it for today. Bwah, bwah, bwah. Bwah, bwah, bwah. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Kind of glad. I feel like I needed to um, channel a few of Erethor's quirky moments more in these because I haven't really done it yet. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. And I think it's actually going to be an Aerothor trope, that guard thing. If ever he just gets caught where he shouldn't be, he's just going to try and blame them as if they're the one who shouldn't be there. What are you doing here? I, I don't it. think I did it, didn't I? Didn't I do that with the one of the guys on the ship, with the captain? They were like, what are you like doing you here? And I was like, what are you doing here? You did, I remember, yes. Oh, oh. That's, that's going to be Aerothor's thing. <laughs> It just amuses me it. too much. Um, but yeah, that was that was great. I love that. Lexi sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, does Lexi have my ring? I bet Lexi has my ring. <laughs> Find out next time. Yay. Um, well, I believe that wraps us up. Yeah. We did an episode. And it only took us like three attempts at timing it. Yeah. Um, and guess what? What? whole 10 minutes before D. &D. <laughs> I know right oh you know what's really fun as well while we're recording this I'm just going to say it we're actually going to see each other this weekend which is going to be fun yeah which may oh, mean more stuff on socials yay um yeah well I was going to say by the time you're hearing this we'll probably like be meeting up I have met up but I mean we release on Thursday now instead of Friday yes. so well it depends well, on, on what Spotify. platform if you're yeah. watching the premiere then I'm probably enjoying Pine's chicken Pesto something or other. Oh, yes. Pesto chicken. We've both talked about pesto before and we're obsessed with yep. it. So, yay. Woohoo. That's great fun. 
Um, Sending positive vibes your way and wishing you many natural 20s. Hell yeah. Have a fun time. Bye. Bye. Wishing natural 20s was, uh, you know, for me, right? For this session coming up. What? What are you on? I don't know why that came into my head this time. anything what okay i'm back i didn't do it what did you do nothing you do know i'm editing this uh, episode right i know i left a little treat uh, okay. i mean i didn't do it